everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green with Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. What a boring fucking game. I know I say that all the time, but what happened in this game that was the least bit interesting? There was that uh, the Cam York shot off the post, and I think Atkinson followed up the rebound off the post. I think they went crossbar post. Uh, the waved off goal followed by the Broussard goal. Like, what? were there any hits? Uh, there was that TK collision at the end where they were racing for the puck. He went into the boards awkwardly. Glad he came out. Looked like he was all right. Um, what What else even? Martin Jones made a few saves. He had that first period and a few really good ones, I thought. Uh, Martin Jones, hopefully he uh, gets traded, I don't know, immediately. It's 544. I really hope he's traded by like six o'clock. Uh, same with Derek Broussard scoring that goal. Broussard has proven to be healthy, holding on to him. Every minute you hold on to Derek Broussard at this point is asking for him to get hurt and not be tradable again. So like you have to move quickly here. Chuck Fletcher, like, yeah, you want to take your time and get the best possible for return for Giroux, uh, Ristolainen and off the market. So that's not as big of a concern now. It'd be awesome if they traded him, but they, they're not going to. Uh, but yeah, take your time, get the best possible return for G. That's something to set this franchise up to move forward with. But like Broussard, Jones, Nah, man, you just got to get something that can later be like whatever you get for those guys is just stuff that you're going to throw into a package for something else this offseason. It's just extra ammo. So, like, go get it. Go go get it now before these guys get hurt and something goes wrong. I know uh, Martin Jones has been not that great lately, but he was pretty damn good today and teams need goaltending. Uh, you going to tell me Toronto's not dying for a goalie? They're fucking uh, – their game should be totaled at, like, 11. Uh, it, it's insane right now. They're giving up goals like a sieve. Uh, like, teams – someone's going to need a goalie. Trade these guys. Uh, but that's it. It's not like there's a ton to say about this game. If you do have stuff to say about the game, please go ahead and feel free. But, I mean – the Ristolainen contract really got the uh, – really, it started the offseason, and it really sent the – we are really now in uh, – I'm going to set a record for time saying really in one sentence. Um, it is trade deadline time now. We're, we're in it. The Ristolainen move was the first piece, and now we just have to, like, come on, Chuck, make some things happen. All right, let's lead it off with Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live. Um, yeah, I just, I had that game on in the background. I had the audio on, but really didn't watch much of it because, like, what was happening? Like, nothing was really happening. Nothing happened. Like, I, I watched the whole thing. I really just – it was just two teams going – I mean, really not up and down. It was just kind of Carolina trying to get in the zone, usually being successful, and then trying to create a scoring chance, and then the Flyers counterpunching every now and then. Like, Carolina had the puck the entire game, and still nothing happened. Martin Jones played pretty well. It was um, from the parts that like I was like actively watching. It looked like Carolina would get the puck in the zone. They would cycle the round, try to get something, get a shot on goal. Jones would make a save, or they'd whiff on it. And yeah, get a lot it out, of missed chances. Get a little bit of possession. Then Carolina turned back around, and I mean Jones played really well. So, but yeah, I, nothing significant really happened. Um, good for Broussard. Um, I don't think yeah. they know what he's worth exactly. He's probably at the most cheap, maybe get a third, but he's probably going to get you a fourth or a fifth, and that's that's about it. 
trade them Some out. Some sort of conditional pick, maybe. But like yeah. I said, it's just all with guys. And Broussard's got more of it. Like, Broussard's been pretty damn good when he's been healthy this year. It's just that he's never played. Uh, I, you might be able to get something somewhat significant for him, but regardless, like it's all just about since they're, you know, aggressive retool, as we say all the time. All right. You're going to need some ammo to pull that off. So like you got to trade a Broussard and a Jones and whoever else has any value. So you can like create packages that teams are willing to part with good players for, because they don't have any other way of acquiring talent. It's not like they have a ton of cap space, not like free agents are dying to come here. So, so uh, that's your best way to go about doing it. During the third period, I was really thinking of you because like it was one when I'm like, oh, my gosh, Bill's probably like losing his mind. They're going to get a point and might get the, the other <laughs> point. And then and then obviously Marnuk uh, gets the tip and like, oh, Bill probably just had a huge sigh of relief. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like that's the, the perfect result. It's close. They're competitive. And then they blow it in the third and and they lose the. Uh, Carolina gets the empty netter, and that's that. So, uh, I mean, they're really vying with New Jersey and Buffalo, and I guess Ottawa to some extent for that, like, 4-5 spot. And yeah, I mean, it's, the bottom three could get hot. And, and, um, three is possible. It's, yeah. like, three is possible, but, like, it's really that 4-5 spot with, yeah, like you said, Jersey, Ottawa. Uh, I think there's one more team right Buffalo. in there. But, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, yes, exactly. Uh, it's It's really trying to be in that top five. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, Seattle still hasn't done that much. They've won a few games here and there, but like Montreal and Arizona were like historically bad. Now they've like won some games where like if they kept winning, which they won't, but if they kept winning, yeah. and the Flyers for some reason just kept losing all their games to regulation, could be close. They probably won't get there, but they have too many OT losses, and that's what you were bringing up on the show earlier in the year. Like you were pissed off about those like, OT losses, and and that's those are points that they shouldn't have and they, they got them so they're gonna pick fourth or fifth yeah and that's uh they still and thanks a lot harris appreciate it the flyers still lead the league with 10 overtime losses uh but there are a couple other teams tied with them now washington has 10 overtime losses and winnipeg has 10 overtime losses so it's not just the flyers in double digits uh it's the it's them washington and winnipeg as well so uh, it's it's this team, man. Like just thinking about like it's okay. It's another game uh, within one goal in the third period. Like our favorite stat, they have now played 58 games and they have a negative 57 goal differential. They just lose every night by one goal. Like that's who you know. When you lose every night, it's really hard to be like, well, they're close in some games. Like yeah, if you were any good though, you'd win half of them. You know, you lose every night. They do have 18 wins. We'll give them that. The 18 times they won this year. Uh, let's go to Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. So I was thinking of you after the first goal when Yandel was uh, missing in action, uh, covering that guy to the side of the net. It's un- that was unbelievable. I, but, I will say, like, uh, it's not even fun to make fun of Yandel anymore because you see, I, I think it was on a penalty kill at one point. Uh, both defensemen are in front of the net, but they're both they're, – they're, they're trying to say, oh, they're fronting the puck. I'm like, no, neither of them is just paying attention. Uh, two defensemen in front of the net with a forward behind them screening the goalie. Like, no, they're not fronting the puck. They're just not defending. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just like – and Bristolainen was one of the two D-men out there during that PK. And it's just like this entire team cannot defend a little bit. Yeah, interesting to see what goes on with Giroux in the next week. And 
I'm wondering if they could package him and Broussard together because they seem uh, – Broussard, when he's healthy, seems like an effective player. If I was a playoff team I, and I could get those two together, that would, that would you know, be some good depth there. So, you know, hopefully they can make something happen. But the Flyers got a lot of work to do. Uh, I agree with you. And uh, it's – this is just tough to watch. You know, even – they didn't play that badly today. I don't know. Carolina, no, Carolina sucked. I thought they sucked today, Carolina. And I can't Carolina, believe Carolina, like, they just Martin. seemed very low energy today. Like, they had the puck and carried play, uh, but it just seemed like they couldn't make one extra thing happen. Like, the amount they had the puck today, they should have won four or five nothing. And, like, it just seemed like they were content to just kind of play into what the Flyers do. Like, it's not a it's not a shock that the Flyers are always within one goal because they make these games so boring and ugly. Like, that's just well, the way they have to stay in games. And Carolina just seemed perfectly content to play that game with them today. And it's so apropos that, a, a, what, a, fourth, a fifth liner, Martin Nuke, scores his third goal of the year today. Yeah. Win yeah. the game on a tip-in of all things. I mean, you got to cover – that's just basic hockey. You you can't allow that a guy like that to beat you eight in the game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, so, they uh, seem to do it a lot. I mean, it's always there's always a guy well, scoring. It's his always first someone's first. It's always someone's first yeah. goal or second goal. Yeah, I hear you. So I don't know. I I'm going to the game tomorrow night, so I get to, at least I get to watch Kata Hot. So I'll yeah, catch up with you go. later. Have a good. Take it easy, Warren. And, hey, you get to see Cole Caulfield tomorrow. Uh, you get to see some good young uh, Montreal players. We're rooting hard for Montreal, man. If Montreal can uh, keep up the pace they were on, uh, maybe they can move out of the basement and uh, help the Flyers move down in the draft. They were just – like the Habs were just on such a fucking horrible run for the entire season. Like – uh, it'd be impossible for them not to be in the bottom three, even if they played very well. Uh, yeah, but about the Derek Broussard, like, trade, and the idea of packaging him maybe with Giroux or whatever, like, that's something that gives Broussard, uh, I think, more value, is he's only signed, like, 825000 Derek Broussard, regardless of the injuries or anything, when he's played this year, he is worth far more than, you know, an $825,000 player. Uh, so you could, like, extract a little more from a Giroux deal or uh, whoever you're going to trade by, like, involving Derek Broussard. A team won't have to move that much more salary, won't have to figure that many things out uh, to be able to fit him under their cap. So, uh, And maybe you can get a, a young roster player back for him. I'm not saying a star or anything. It's fucking Derek Broussard we're talking about. He's 34 years old. Uh, but just someone who can – at least can you know compete contribute in some way next year for a roster spot uh let's go to i can't i think ian ackerman was next ian you're live ian hit the unmute hey what's up bill sorry about that uh, how you doing pretty good uh, i only caught some of the game but besides the obvious reasons that it's good that they lost um Probably turned out pretty good that two of our potential trade chips looked solid today in Broussard scoring that goal and Martin Jones seemed to play a pretty good game. So do you think, you know, that's a, a good thing to drive up their value? You know? Absolutely. I like this was this was a very this was a strong like best case scenario for a uh, for a loss today. Yeah, uh, a couple thinking. of guys you're looking to move. 
don't uh, do actually look pretty well. Some guys that might have a little value, like yeah, like I was saying, Broussard eight hundred twenty-five thousand, Martin Jones two million. Like these, these are players that teams will be able to take on with like out having to move things around. Like the Giroux thing, yeah, that's just going to take some time because even at like the you know the four million or whatever, if the Flyers cover half the salary. It's it, it, someone's going to have to move something out. Not many contenders have four million in cap space without putting someone on LTIR. I do believe uh, Gabe Landeskog will be going on LTIR soon, so that could help the Flyers' case there with uh, Colorado. But yeah, I, I think today was a uh, a very you know regulation loss. Two guys you're looking to trade look good. That's best case scenario right now. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, I noticed uh, why was Lawton scratched. Uh, he's got the, he got steamrolled last game. I assume he was. They said head injury. I don't know if they've oh, actually called right. it. That's yeah, right. I don't know if they've actually called it a concussion yet. But they said, uh, you know, on game day when he got laid out, it was a head injury. So he's probably in protocol or just still shaking up or whatever. I forgot about that. That was the Florida game. My bad. Right. Um, when I listened to B- BSH the other day, I forget if it was Kelly or Steph, but, uh, you know, you guys are talking about how the team is cursed and, you know, people are like, it's the Kate Smith statue. But I think, uh, man, you guys hit the nail on the head with them being cursed by uh, by the Broad Street Bullies, like winning those two cups as awesome as it must have been. Like they're trying to chase that and it's just so far removed from what the game is today. It's just unreal, you know? Oh, Kelly, you're in here. Kelly says it was her who said that. And that is, uh, she did say that. And yeah, it's, just those cups, while awesome, sure, and I don't have a problem with an organization having an identity, but the fact that they're just still so close to it. Like, imagine if George Washington was still, like, not the president, but hanging out all the time in the Oval Office. Like, you know, oh, you know what you should do? Like, I am George Washington, after all. Like, that would yeah. probably make the job a lot more, uh, you know, inconvenient. Yeah, they just... They just got to get rid of the old guard as much as like, you know, Homer and Clarkie have done for the organization in the past. It's just, yeah, they just got to do it. Um, that's all I got. Take it easy, man. I appreciate it, Ian. Have a great day. Uh, yeah, it's this organization needs top to bottom change. I don't see it happening anytime soon. So it's not one of those things I spend a lot of time. Like, I don't think. Yeah, they would absolutely. Yes, they would absolutely benefit from changing from uh, stop giving uh, you know credence to guys who won here 40 years ago and guys who've been involved in the organization forever. I think they need some fresh blood. I just think things need to change around here. But also, I don't think they're going to. So I can only worry about it so much. It is a root cause, and we absolutely need to like identify it and say this is the problem and call it out. But it's it's a lot like the rebuild thing. I want them to rebuild. They say they're not going to. So I have to worry about what they're actually going to do. Like, okay, then this aggressive retool needs to work. And here's how I think it can go. So, you know, that's where I need to put my energy. But, yeah, this organization, man, they're just stuck. They're just stuck. Uh, let's go with Patrick Reedmiller. Patrick, you're live on the post game. What's up today, Patrick? Ugh, what a snooze fest. But, um Forget about the game. I want to know. I bet you, I guarantee you. Did you see that inf- that supposed information bomb on Twitter yesterday? I'm, I'm sure you got tagged in a lot of the time. The uh, the Provorov stuff. Yeah, well, that was some interesting stuff. If it turns out to be true. Yeah, it's um, I you know, 
I try to, I assume it's from somewhere. Like, I don't think he's making it up or anything. I don't know the who, what, when, where, or why, because it's a source and everything. But that shit always comes from somewhere. And whether it's somebody who's uh, you know, got a reason to put it out there, an agenda, or it's just genuine information or whatever, there's always some truth. Like, regardless of what the root cause is, there's always at least some truth to it, some reason that it's out. Uh, and it's not... It's not shocking that, you know, guys in this organization feel entitled because who's challenged them? They've never, you know, every time something happens, they fire a coach. Like, oh, everyone quit. I guess we need a new coach. Like, that's happened multiple times uh, in the last couple of years during Ivan Provorov's tenure. And he just kind of is the next in line to, you know, he sees himself a certain way. And when things aren't to his liking – things change. He never has been asked to change. So I don't, I don't know the details of where all the information came from or anything, but I'm not shocked by any of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I hope he has a legitimate source, because that was some interesting. I'm sure he does. Patrick, people are saying they can't hear you. If you can hike up your microphone a little bit, uh, we can get you back, but I'm, I'm seeing people saying they can't hear you. Uh, let's go to Kevbo. Kevbo, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Kev? Hey, uh, wasn't able to catch much of the game today up until the end of the third period, so I was just able to catch the Canes, score that go-ahead goal in time, which is what I was rooting for, so at least got to see something good. And then um, outside of that, I've been looking at this wrist aligning contract, and I think one way I'm starting to think I can see it make sense here is we move wrist aligning to forward. Now, you look at two guys like JVR and TK, you know, their names constantly come up in trade rumors and how we need, we need to create some cap space in the offseason. Well, you look at JVR's game. He's big, doesn't know how to play a lick of defense. He screens the goalie. That sounds just like Ristolainen, except, you know, he, he screens Carter Hart, so maybe if Ristolainen can screen the other goalie, that's pretty much replacing JVR. And then you look at TK, he's a pest. He likes to hit. You know, that's that's – that's Ristolainen's game as well. Instead, you know, he can be the F1 and bruise up a defenseman instead of the other team's forwards. And then, um, you know, then you, then you bring in and you, you, you save about maybe $5 million in cash space if you can unload JVR and TK. Use that to pick up an actual defenseman that can play in the top four. And maybe Ristolainen can be a 10, 15 goal scorer up at the forward. So that's about the only way I see that making sense. Outside of that, uh, I, don't like, I don't like the Flyers' chances in the next couple of years, but um that's about it i'll just keep it short show minimal effort much like the flyers all season so take care bill have a good night i appreciate it kev yeah i always thought uh luke shen just seemed to have a real knack for own goals i was like you know if they could put him at forward at least put him in front like he he tips so many pucks and they seem to take bounces that the goalie just can't do anything about it Uh, maybe he could do that at forward yeah i mean I don't hate the idea of experimenting with Risto on the power play of forward and everything. Uh, also, you know, they tried Samuel Moran up there, and Risto Linen is basically, you know, like higher profile Samuel Moran. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, you know, more skill, I guess, but it's not like he displays it a whole ton since he's gotten here. Um, I. They need so many things. It's like the contract with Ristolainen, and we've gone over it so much between uh, Friday's Broad Street Hockey and Friday, or was it Thursday Thursday's Broad Street Hockey, I guess, and you know the game Thursday night. We basically only talked about Risto in the post game. Like I just want to reiterate, like 
it's not about Ristolainen. I think he's a useful player in a certain role, and that role is worth less money than he's getting. Like it's worth two and a half to three and a half million at most to me. And my bigger issue, though, is the organizational priorities. If they're prioritizing this and they think this is something that they had to do, they had to get Ristolainen done, we have to dedicate this much cap space to this guy, then that just fills me with pessimism about, like, what they actually think the problems are with this team on the ice. Uh, Jack Conroy. Jack, you're live on the post game. Jack, it muted you. Unmute that, Jack. All right, we'll see if we can get Jack back up in a second. Uh, let's go to oh, – Jack looks like he's back already. Jack, let's try it again. All right, sorry. Yeah, it was just a quick glitch. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I didn't watch the game, but I was, uh, you know, going through Twitter, and I saw this quote that uh, Emily Kaplan asked uh, Chuck during the game, basically like, why don't you want to do a rebuild? And his response <laughs> – is we think we have along the lines of we think we have some good talent under 25 some good vets we just need skill speed and strength and that is that is the problem with the organization right there i don't know what he's talking about Uh, i don't know what skill under 25 he's saying you know, it's it's like, oh, yeah, we need a few tweaks. Those tweaks are the hardest things to come by in the sport, S- superstar level or at least all-star level players. Like, yeah, we need those tweaks, like a- a- an awesome player and two really good players. That's Those are the things we need. But, sure, yeah, we're a few pieces away. It's just three stars. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, what helps usually to, uh, you know, make moves is – Having cap space, which they also don't have. So again, well, of I, I keep they coming do. back. They gotta pay to, Rasmus Ristolainen twenty-five million dollars. I keep coming back to this every time I get on here, but I just, I to me, it just seems like there's a lack of plan. And you know, you you guys have said it and stuff. Like it's like they're you know GMing a team, running the organization in a non-salary cap uh, era, and that just that that is what it seems yeah. like to me. And just when he comes out and says like. I don't, you know, I don't know what skill he's talking. I mean, if we had skill under 25 and some good vets, we wouldn't have 18 wins. Like I know people are hurt, but I, I don't. Chuck Fletcher is just I, the point with me. You know, I, there's been a breaking point a while back, and I, I just don't agree with him at all. I feel you, Jack, and it seems like um like that. Uh, I keep making fun of the within one goal in the third period stat, and the only people who are buying it are running the fucking team like that it seems like they believe oh well we're within a goal that must mean if we had a player to score that goal we'd win these games so let's just go get those like i I guess or you know bad teams lose all the time like that happens too i just they have convinced themselves really i think more than anything is they're so afraid of losing the fan base but yeah. you're doing that by doing this. Like, it, it, who's going to games? Who? I, I know what our podcast numbers are. Guess what? They're down from where they were two years ago. You know why? No one gives a fuck about this team, and they're gonna continue. <laughs> they're gonna continue to not give a fuck because you're not giving them a reason to. There's zero plan. Yeah, it's it's exactly right. You're not changing. It, to me, it's like deja vu from last year. Every time, La- I remember watching last year's press conferences Fletcher kept saying 
this isn't going to happen again. We have some good young pieces. We have some good vets. He's reiterating the same yeah. things this year. And, you know, I, I don't have much to talk about today, but thanks, Bill. Uh, well, I did talk a lot. But, uh, nothing <laughs> else for me. Thank you, Bill. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with this organization. I feel you. Take it easy, Jack. No, it's it's very – like last year, all we needed was Carter Hart to bounce back. I realize Carter Hart's numbers aren't awesome, but he's also playing behind an AHL defense. He has been very good this year. He has bounced back and then some. I don't think he's elite yet, but he, I think it's on the table again. Like his ceiling after last year is like, I don't know what his ceiling is. Maybe his ceiling's just all right. Now, like he's back to pretty good, and perhaps his ceiling is elite again. Carter Hart, not been a problem. This team is worse. They got the worst goaltending in the league last year. Like, statistically, the worst. It hasn't been that this year, and the team is far worse. Like, last year, yes, injuries and all that, all the bullshit, the condensed schedule, there were legitimate excuses last year, and there were reasons to believe their offseason plan would work. Now, how can you think that? Uh, I believe Jesse Murdoch was next. Jesse, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. What's going on today, Jesse? Not much, man. I think um, having listened to this post game for like this whole season, I really have found catharsis with these losses and realizing that they are wins. Today was perfect. Like, I, the only thing that really, really bothered me was like watching Risto, like constantly looking the wrong way <laughs> never being able to make a pass into the neutral zone it, i i just it, it really blows my mind that there's like five mil in the sky now but it's in, like i re, like it's not like they gave him six or seven or eight or whatever but they're still paying him like something he is not you know he's worth half the money he's getting and i believe he's like he he can serve a role on a good team if he was making half of what he's making, you know, a, a team at the deadline would be interested and you would have been able to move them. But uh, like at the 5.4, he is making at the 5.1, he's going to get in this next contract. I, I, I don't understand. Like It's not shocking to me that right now the Flyers and Sabres have the exact same record because they both thought this guy was real good. It's not that he's so horrible. He's the reason that they're this bad. It's the idea that they think he's so good, that must mean they're fucking stupid. And I I don't think I would be as mad at this contract if I knew the Flyers were going to be in the playoffs regularly. Because I really think having someone this greasy, and he's competent enough that I think just being able to you know beat people up, if you were in the playoffs, I think there's merit to that. But the Luke fact Shen that they're nowhere for the Lightning, that, like... Luke Shen played for the Lightning. There's absolutely a way for this role to be, you know, useful. But like to think it's worth five million dollars is batshit crazy. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And I don't know where they got that evaluation from. I don't understand why they thought three hundred thousand dollars less a year was going to be <laughs> that good of a deal. I don't, I don't, 
I would like an explanation, man. I don't know. This is just crazy. Man. <laughs> You're not going to get one, Jesse. They think he's good. They think he's the type of character player, and thanks a lot. They think he, his character, uh, he wants to be here. He wants to be a flyer. No, he wanted $5 million fucking dollars, and he's not stupid enough to think he's worth $5 million. Like, that's what it comes down to. Oh, he, he just really wanted to be a flyer. My fucking ass. He wants to be a flyer. He wants $5 million. I'd want it too. Jesus. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. I want every player to get every dollar they can. But, like, God damn it. Why does it have to be from us? Why do we have to be the team to give it to him? Why can't Seattle give him that $5 million, you know? Why can't New Jersey give him that $5 million? It has to be the Flyers. It's just, ugh. Uh, let's go to 69, 60 year live. Bill, hey uh, Kelly in the uh, comments. I saw section. Kelly in the comments. She doesn't want to join us on the uh, on the air. Oh, that's fine. Um, Bill, why does it look like every single time that the Flyers play like a larger team or a team that's like slightly, I would say like average age, like 28, 29, that they're just absolutely out muscled and it looks like the Flyers have never been in the gym before? Uh, they just, I've never seen a team, and it's not even like losing battles and stuff. It's like every single poke check knocks us like it's the easiest thing in the world to poke check the puck off of the stick of every Philadelphia flyer. Like not a single guy can like fight through traffic with the puck ever. It, 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 they're just not like, it's just a team of guys who aren't strong on the puck. Yeah, it's crazy, honestly. And probably like Rod, the boss probably just cracking up the entire time watching film on this team. But um, I just wanted to ask you as well with, Landis Cog going down, um, and I guess, like, Gerard's out as well. Uh, yeah, Sam Gerard's out. Yeah, out what, indefinitely. Do you think, like, Fletcher needs to, like, this is, like, his make or break as the GM of the Flyers right here. Like, if he can somehow, like, salvage his own career by getting, like, I guess, like, uh, who are the two top prospects for uh, Colorado? I'm drawing a blank. Like, New Hook and um... – Byram, the yeah. defenseman. Yeah, Byram. If he can, I mean, he's got Colorado pinned down. If he can somehow snag one of those two away from Colorado, considering they're pretty much all in this year, it, it might be a step in the right direction. It could be. The one thing about Colorado is that they have such a lead in the Central. Like they're what twelve points up on St. Louis. What? 15 or so, yeah, 15 points up on Minnesota. Like, they can weather a storm, and they have a tremendous amount of talent. Like, you know, they, they did great uh, every game, basically. That McKinnon wasn't in the lineup this year. They're just so deep and so, like, their top-end talent is so good. Uh, they can weather storms like this. But, yeah, um, they want reinforcements because something like this, you know, yeah, Landis Cog is expected to be back and he's expected to be fine, but he needs knee surgery. And, like, do you want that to derail what should be a Stanley Cup winning season? Like, Colorado's amazing and their window is open, but not winning the Cup this year is, a, is an abject failure for them. So you do have a little bit of leverage in that regard. Like, hey, you want to safeguard that? We have uh, Giroux, and for just 800000 more, you can have Broussard too. You know, like, uh, they do have that sort of leverage. They really do. Um, I also want to like, I kind of like thought about this uh, last night. Do you think the Flyers are just so fucked with like cap space right now that they know they can get Giroux back on basically like a very team friendly deal? And that's going to be their off season move. 
uh, we talked about that on BSH Radio 60. We were, I was like, the more after the wrist aligning contract, the more I started to believe that they thought. While they're not going to say we're running it back because that would just, you know, result in people burning down the stadium. <laughs> I, w- I expect them to make some ads. Uh, man, it would not shock me if they brought – even if they trade Drew, they bring him back and, uh, like, kind of just run it back. Like, yeah, maybe they bring in someone else to add another defenseman, add another winger, but – I could very much see a scenario where they fully believe their bullshit that with Couturier, Hayes, and Ellis healthy, which there's no guarantee they're going to be, because why would they just suddenly be healthy? Maybe they are. I don't know. Ellis, I didn't know if he was alive until the media said they saw him at the practice facility a couple weeks ago. (laughs) There was no proof of life for two months. So, like, I just – I see them buying their own bullshit more than anything. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You got it. Thanks a lot, 60. Uh, let's see here. Patrick Reedmiller's back. Patrick, how you doing? I did something in the setting. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, I guess about the game, I guess. I guess this is Frost's chance to play with two decent people and see how it goes. It's still too quiet. Yeah, I just wonder... I wonder if Frost just stinks. I wonder if his confidence is just totally shot. Like he reeks to me of a guy. Like we talk about, oh yeah, TK will go somewhere and you know he'll be what we thought he was going to be and everything. Uh, I think you could still get it out of TK here, maybe uh, just like as a second liner rather than depending on him to play with Sean Couturier. Uh, I think TK could be the that second that real good second line winger. Like Morgan Frost just seems like a dude who will not figure it out here. It, it, if it's going to happen, which he might just suck, that's totally on the table. But if it's going to happen, it's not going to be here. He's, his confidence just looks shot. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I got a mic problem to figure out, but that's all I got for now, Bill. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Appreciate it. Uh, that's, yeah. I guess, yeah. Sometimes I have to turn up Pat's... Uh, audio like when i edit for post but i can always hear him in here uh but i guess other people are having an issue all right uh we don't have any more callers on deck it doesn't look like no we do not so uh i'm gonna wrap it up there i want to thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out i'll be back after tomorrow night's game against montreal that's right weekend back-to-backs for your boy i'm doing it uh, i know i know i got a tough life here talking about the flyers for a living uh but yeah that'll do it for me thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out if you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Uh, thank you for joining me, Kelly. Thank you for joining me. Uh, that's actually – I like having someone else in the comments to interact with the people who don't talk on air because I do appreciate the people who listen and chat but don't talk. Like that's really cool too that you're just here uh, to be part of the conversation, be part of the community. Really appreciate it. All right, uh, I've, I've put this outro. Uh, I've stretched it out enough. My name is Bill Matt. Until tomorrow, have a great weekend, everybody, and happy belated 311 day.